TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. UFC Vegas 31 is in the books. Let's hit that intro. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Five Rounds here on the Radio Techers channel. I am Mags, and with me, as always, my son, Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm not doing bad. Absolutely knackered. It's been a long-ass day today. Uh, but UFC uh, Vegas 31 is in the books. Uh, it's all done and dusted. Let's quickly go through these uh, prelims, and we'll get to the main card. So we started the night. Uh, in their weight division with Rodrigo Ferreira getting the second round KO of Alan Bador. Uh, and then uh, Francisco Figueredo uh, lost via decision. That's uh, Davidson Figueredo's uh, older brother. Uh, he lost to Malcolm Gordon. Then uh, Sergei Morozov uh, beat Kelly Tahar uh, by decision in the bantamweight. Uh, Amanda Limos got a 35-second knockout of Mont. Montserrat Ruiz, which was absolutely brutal. And then we've ended the prelims with uh, another first-round knockout this time. Daniel Rodriguez scoring the victory over Preston Parsons. So going into the main card, we started with uh, Gabriel Benitez taking on Billy Q, Billy Quarantilo. Uh, and this was a dominant victory by Billy Q. Um First round uh, started quite uh, a little bit nervous. Billy was uh, throwing uh, leg kicks. Uh, Benita started with with uh, head kicks, but uh, once Billy uh, and Benita started throwing shots at each other, uh, there was a big right by uh, Billy Q. He uh, he floors Benitez, uh, follows up uh, Benitez, uh, threatens to go for the uh, the armbar. Uh, but um, Quarantino uh, is able to pass and get back into a scramble, get that body lock in, and he's uh, going for the choke. Benitez is, does well to, to defend it, but he was just he was just getting beat up on the ground. Um, he finally gets free with about a minute to go, uh, and you can see that it's took a lot of energy out of him. He takes a massive, massive deep breath. Um, the Billy goes to uh, go for the leg again. Um, but the round finishes. Um, similar kind of thing with the second round. Uh, Billy uh, scores uh, quick punches and then goes for the flight, that, uh, flying knee, uh, gets the takedown, gets the back, starts the control again, the body lock again. Really, really good ground game. Um, Benitez is able to get back to his feet, uh, but he's took a hell of a lot of punishment and his left eye is an absolute mess. Um, again, Billy goes for goes for uh, to, to goes for the takedown, gets it again. He's just able to uh, drag Benitez to the floor, uh, pretty much uh, as and when he he wants to. Um, at the end of that second round, we get a doctor check for the eye. Uh, he clears it, but it, it absolutely does look a mess. Uh, third round. Again, pretty much a lot of the same stuff. Billy takes it to the ground. Billy controls on the ground. Uh, the finish actually comes with uh, Billy looking for a choke, 
uh, Benitez not letting him uh, lock it in. So from his back, <laughs> he just punches the living shit out of uh, Benitez and gets the stoppage from the bomb. Uh, great finish and a great victory for, for Billy. Going into that, uh, going into that fight, actually, as an uh, underdog as well. Uh, but he was so dominant. Well, I well, I can tell coming into the fight, I'm going to an underdog. Benavitas, he, he hits like a truck and he can take a punch. But what surprised me with Billy is when he knocked him down in the first round, I was surprised that he didn't capitalise and try and jump on him straight mm-hmm. away and finish it. But then I were also, in a way, you know what, well done. Conserve your energy. you still got a dangerous guy in front of you at the end of the day. And he, and he did. He took him to the third round. Um, it's just Billy with that precision, with that eye. And as, as soon as that second round and you seen the eye swell up, and then as soon as, like you said, the doctor basically saying to the referee, it can go on, but if he takes any more shots off, I'm going to call the fight off, mm-hmm. let alone you. So the ref has already got it in his head. The physician's already told him, listen, your job is now. He gets any more shots into that eye, you stop the, you stop the fight. Yeah. And instantly there's a fight. And if you're opposite, if you're the opposite from your opponent and you overhear that from the physician saying that to the referee, you as a fighter... Ching ching, I've won this fight. I know what I need to do now. I need to I don't even need to go and try and knock him out. I don't need to try and go for a submission. I just need to try and make sure all my punches that I throw now land exactly to that art. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Billy were doing. And to some extent, uh, to some extent, uh, Benitez. Benitez. For some reason there, I had forget the Benitez in my head. Then you know Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Benitez just Benavides. Benavides. It's I'm tired, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is nearly six o'clock in the morning, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Benitez, I'm, he, you could just tell him he didn't want any more of it. The, and he, not only that, he didn't want any more of it. You could tell the, when he was on, on his back, he was doing the right thing by trying to put Billy's um, ankle when he's locking that body triangle up. That way, yeah. No, yeah, that way. Yeah, so that way, you've got an even skeleton match, right? So when you're looking at the body triangle, you generally want to go to the 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 side, which is their foot's on, to get that pressure, yeah. uh, to release it. But it doesn't matter what Ben, uh, ben Eaton was doing. He, he he just couldn't get out of that position. He was... He was farting the hand off really well to try and to try and stop the rear naked choke, but he was just taking punishment and punishment and punishment. He couldn't get out of it, mm-hmm. and the only thing he could do was try and stop the hand. And then to the referee, when you're a fire and you're doing that and you're caught see, that to a referee does it's look panic. Good. Yeah, that's panicking. That's just panic fighting. So he's um, also looking at that thinking to himself, well, if you're not getting out of this, your eyes are already a mess. Now you panic for a win. I'm going to stop it for your benefit. And that's exactly what that the referee did. And it yeah. were a perfect, it were a perfect stoppage at the time. Could have happened sooner. Could have happened later. But uh, either way, it were, Billy took that uh, third round, uh, saw the opportunity and absolutely took it. Mm-hmm. He knew the hour already beat up. So that was the winning point for him. Uh, as soon as he took him down and that were it he was just hammer fisting that eye and the, yeah. yeah he had to just the ref had to stop it he, he couldn't defend himself at some point I think after like the the third or fourth punch actually hit him on the ground I think he was just letting him hit him at that point like fuck's sake just stop him yeah, it's a case of I can't stop him doing it so I might as well let him and the, the ref will jump in yeah 
So after that, we had uh, Rodolfo Vieira taking on Dustin Stoltzfus. Uh, um, interesting last name. I'm going to be definitely calling him Dustin. Um, but this, this this fight was was actually a really good stand up fight for the for the first couple of rounds. Um, quite nervy in the, in the beginning. Uh, Vieira uh, he uh, wanted control of the center of the cage. Uh, early early point where both are, both of were were looking for those big big shots. Um, Vieira's movement it seemed really well, he looked really comfortable. Uh, but uh, Stolfus uh, started landing some big shots. Um, but then, um, once he got once uh, Vieira returned them back, Stolfus' nose uh, it, it broke pretty much straight away. Um, and you could see that that was kind of like the the half of Benitez, it was going to be the target, and that's what uh. Vieira landed time and time again, that jab to the nose. Uh, going into the second, he, he concentrated a little bit more on uh, on going for the ground game, which which I'm surprised really that he didn't go for in the first round with, with him being uh, really kind of technically gifted on the ground. But he gets the uh, the takedown in the beginning of the second, gets the slam. Um, it's uh, quickly stuffed and uh, we get back uh uh, to the feet, but Vieira keeps that body lock on. Uh, Stolfus able to to break it and and get back to the middle of the octagon. Um, but that jab was punishing uh, Stolfus's nose all the way through uh, the first and second round. Uh, coming into the third one, uh, Stolfus knew he had to uh, he had to come out and and finish this fight because he was too he was two rounds down. He was getting beat up. Uh, Vieira um, ducked his punches, got the fight tucked to the ground, um, got to half guard. Um, but Stolfus was able to uh, quickly get up, um, was then dragged back down, um, was uh, was kind of like almost Vieira was looking to take the back, but uh, Stolfus uh, did a, a really cool, quick transition. Uh, Jumps out, got, got he's got the back of uh, of of Vieira um, got the back of Stolfus and was able to uh, lock in uh, that rear naked choke. Um, um, we didn't get a tap because <laughs> Stolfus actually went fast asleep. Uh, so yeah, uh, after taking two rounds of punishment, uh, Stolfus uh, had to go for broken that third round and it cost him. And he uh, he had a good nap at the end of the third round. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, I didn't know what the I didn't know what Mark was saying uh, at first. When I was watching the fight, generally I try not to listen to the commentators mm-hmm. whilst watching the fight. But yeah, then because you get that commentary bias. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Like you get the commentary bias, and but when they say some stuff, my ears will perk up. Like, eh? what did you say there? So I didn't know what he was. Did he did he miss weight or was he just referring to the fact his his last couple of fights because he's wrestling based he's gassed out a lot? I don't believe he missed weight. So I think I think that's what they were saying then, and it does it did make sense in the fight why he wasn't going for the takedowns in the first and the second to what to conserve that energy going into the third. But I also agree with Mark. If your strength is your wrestling. You use it, even though it's going to dwell on your gas tank initially, it's going to make you better. Because if you're doing it in your farts and in the gym, it should generally work. Mm-hmm. It's, it only shouldn't do it is if 
something's not taking place, like you're not doing the proper training or you're not being professional on different levels, you're not you're not working out what you need to do on what day, your, your nutrition, your, your cardio, a lot of fighters miss running out and just, just, just the straight cardio and the endurance part of it is a massive thing in mixed martial arts. Uh, but yeah, he were able to stand for the first two rounds and his arms, I don't know how people like him make welterweight. Because he, he, he just <laughs> looked... Just a tank. He just looked like a middleweight. Yeah. He, was just, he was just farting. A, he might, might as well just start doing fucking catchweights in the UFC. But yeah, he was just so... He was just so big. I guarantee I would, to, I would to wear both of them two. Now, not one of them wear 170. Oh, no, definitely not. Um, 190 minimum. Mm. So it's, his jab was just laser accurate and he just absolutely... Um, smashed us, you know. Mm-hmm. His, his nose were just, were just it was plastered. Flat. Yeah, it was flat. yeah. After the first jab, you just see it sort of piss out, and the second one, it would just pop. It was like, shit, how many more is he going to take of that? And you could tell in the second round, he he didn't like it because he was the first one to shoot. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't, obviously, as a wrestler, he didn't even have to sprawl, he just basically just moved it, just fucking pivoted out of the way. Uh, so um, Dustin could take him down, but yeah, it were a weird, um, weird, weird one for Dustin. You couldn't say to him that his game plan was shit. It just didn't work. He he didn't have no head movement. That's why the the jab was so effective on him. Yeah. And he was just that after a while in the fight, he was basically just walking walking into the jab, and just his face was there for the open. So it was just jab all day. So once he once he fought once he figured out that I'm gonna be I probably can't get past this job. I'll try and shoot it. And when he shot in and he couldn't get it take down, it's like shit, he's the better fighter here. Mm-hmm. And then he went into the third and as as we said, as um Vieira. Vieira, um <laughs> he's an absolute tank and he were, he were able to just for such a big man, for him to just jump on someone's back like that and just position himself the way he did and it would just Smooth and fast, it was mm-hmm. like a like a tiger just getting on your back. And mm-hmm. once he once he had yeah. that choking, he transitioned like uh, like a flyweight. Yeah. The speed of it. Well, that's it. And generally, when you're like, that's what Bisping would be saying. That's if you can do that that fast, that should generally be your your go to thing. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't just be right. I'll keep it for the last round just in case I need it because well. In this fight, did it worked perfectly for him keeping it to that last round? Yeah, because he broke down um, Dustin in yeah, the first two. Using the jab perfectly, you were able to just keep him at bay and not take any punishment. But as you go on, you're not going to be able to stop everyone in the tracks just with a jab because you're going to fight people who've got head movement. You're going to fight people who's like, oh, try to pull that jab all you want. I'll counter it, slip the side, and crack your own. Mm-hmm. So it's you, you've got to you've got to sort of count your next step and for his next fight he's obviously going to think more of right well my wrestling is my strong suit I'm going to need to do that a lot more but he need, definitely needs to work on his cardio but for the actual way he was able to get the finish and the respect as well that he's shown as well afterwards but he, he I think he was more looking for the tap but he uh, Dustin were, was 
as just as he let go, I think Justin went out, wakes up a couple of seconds later, like, oh shit, disorientated, what's going on a bit. And he um Vera didn't 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 try and push him off or move him or like he just waited patiently for him to just get up like mm. off him, said thank you, sorry, blah blah, on to the next one. But yeah, class performance by by both of them. And both of them have definitely got work to do. Oh yeah, definitely. So after that we're going to the middle of the card. Uh Jeremy Stevens, who was this was his thirty-third UFC fight, been with the company for well, 15 years, I think, altogether. Uh, to be fair, maybe his last fight after after this performance. Uh, he was going up against Mateus Gamrot. Um, Gamrot started with an early left, got the, the uh, single leg, uh, dragged um, Jerry Stevens to the ground, uh, grabs the left arm, uh, goes for the Kimura. Uh, Stevens really kind of struggling to get out of, out of, the, out of the position. Um, Gamrot looked like he was going to switch to uh, an armbar for a second, but he, uh, he did stick with the, the Kimura. Um, that was a good decision because he uh, he synced it in and Jeremy Stevens had no choice to tap. One minute, five seconds, and uh, Gamrot scores a, a massive, massive victory. Yeah, you, what can you say with Jeremy Stevens? He's an absolute legend. He's fought the who's who's who you could you could fight in the, in the UFC, especially over his 10 plus years of, with the actual company. Mm-hmm. He's one of the, the fighters that has got more farts in the UFC than a lot of people. Like the, a lot of uh, fighters talk about that Bisping and they're in the 20 club. That's a big thing for people in the UFC. So you've got to be on a different level to be in that 30 to 40 club. And that's what Jeremy Stevens is. And when I refer to that, meaning 20 plus fights, 30 plus fights in the UFC, they like you said, what was this? He's 30, 33rd, 33rd fight in the UFC. It's only like four or something behind, four or five behind uh, Donald Cerrone. Mm-hmm. And I think he's at like 37, 45, something like that in the UFC. Um, so, yeah, but it, it's just hard to say because it's hard to watch him lose. But then again, it's also. It's also a good thing because it just goes to show that these younger guys are getting better. Yeah. They're moving up. They're watching the sport. They know who Jeremy Stevens is. And Jeremy Stevens can't beat him as easy as it was. Like his pressure, but that he was known for. He was known as basically that tanky. In that first round, you need to stay away from him because he's going to try and knock you out. Yeah. Now people are just taking him down. Like we just saw in this fight, he got took down and it went for the Kimura and it, this is the one thing I'm going to say now about the Kimura. Too many people commit to the Kimura because once you've committed to that Kimura and you don't get it, you can actually you put yourself in a, in a worse position, position. Yeah. than you were in the first place. Your best bet is to just fucking let it go and kick and push off. That's your... If not, try and grapple back. Don't just try and grab hold of the arm because if you're on the feet and you grab hold of the arm, what's, you're probably going to get lifted up and slammed on your head like, um, like Rose did. And then like this now, if you if you go to the ground and you grab all of the art and you commit to it too much and you overcommit to it and you don't try and grapple with it and you don't try and set it up by wrapping your legs around your opponent's body and et cetera, et cetera, you're just putting yourself in a worse position. Then your, your opponents, it, it, to someone who should be on that skill level, I'd say I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but if someone was to do that with me, I'd let them do that because I know initially they're going to, 
I'm going to be on top of it, man. I'm going to go inside control. I know where this is going. So, fuck it. Carry on. And then before you know it, you're inside control. You've laid a couple of elbows in and they've let go of your arm. And the next thing before you know it, you've got your own Kimura on them. And that's the way I'm explaining it is the way exactly as it happened in this fight. I've saw it time and time again in other fights, in sparring, in the gym. Just stuff that fighters commit to so much and then it ends up coming back and biting them on the arse. And Jer- uh, Jeremy Stevens did exactly exactly that thing. And it's a rookie mistake. For someone who's a veteran, it was a very rookie mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about veterans and that's a good segue into uh, into the core main event. Uh, a veteran of, of UFC and Strike Force, uh, former champion Misha Tate, making her comeback after four and a bit years out of the game, taking on uh, Marion Renault, 44 years old. Uh, already said before the fight that this was going to be her, her last uh, uh, MMA fight. Um, so yeah, it was a. This was going to be a, a big change of the guard, and um, Misha Tate has come back looking super strong. I think she looked in better shape than she's ever looked in 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 the time that I remember seeing her. Um, the first round, uh, quite a nervous start. Um, very patient between both of them. Uh, no one wanted to really kind of take that risk in losing the fight pretty early. Uh, Tate did a, a few low kicks. A uh, uh, couple of shots down down the middle, uh, but um, her movement and the way she was bouncing on her feet was was really impressive. Uh, um, Renault tried to uh, to tear down the the lead leg, um, keep, uh, kind of like, chop it down, uh, but uh, wasn't really able to do that much damage. Uh, we get a bit of a clinch up against the cage, uh, knees uh, swapped, uh, body lock, um, then. Um, it essentially, it's just a, a little bit of a, a jabbing contest. Uh, take, um, gets the takedown coming up close to the end of the first round, controls the, the ankle, moves past the leg, uh, runs out of time, um, comes into the second round. Uh, Renault starts uh, much more aggressive, uh, landed a massive front kick uh, to start, and take, uh, lands uh, some shots after that. Uh, again, we uh, we see uh, Misha go for the for the takedown. Uh, Mar- uh, Marion gets uh, gets told by the referee about grabbing the cage. Uh, then we get uh, Tate lifting her up for a big slam. That was a, a heavy slam by Misha Tate, uh, but gets into half guard. Um, again, Misha Misha goes for the 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 Kimura this time. Um, and then, oh no, sorry, it was uh, Marion that went for the Kimura on, on Misha. Um, and then uh, uh, Misha did exactly what you explained it earlier, using your using your, your body to kind of uh, press down, prevent that submission, um, which makes uh, uh, Marion uh, let that go. Uh, they then stand up, uh, and then we see uh, Misha get back on 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 top of um, of Marion, landing some big shots to to end. See a little bit of blood from uh, Marion Renault uh, again. Too late for for Misha to really get a lot of offense in in that in that uh, in that uh, position. Um, coming into the third, um, Misha uh, was really kind of starting to push the pace. Now landing a lot more punches, she gets a uh, uh, Marion up against the cage and kind of like does a almost like a, a Diego Sanchez blitzkrieg style. Um, Marion. Uh, 
essentially tries to scramble once uh, once Misha goes for another takedown and uh, nearly gets a, a crucifix, but that gives uh, Misha the, the opportunity to uh, to spin his heart, start landing some shots. Uh, Marion's uh, essentially trapped on the floor, face down. Uh, Misha's just firing shot after shot after shot. Not really heavy shots, I wouldn't have thought, but plenty of them that uh, Mark Smith... Uh, he essentially did what he saw in the first fight. Um, the the one uh, um, against Billy Quarantillo, he saw that the the fight was taking damage and not really doing much to defend, so he stops the fight. And uh, a great comeback victory for Misha Tate, looking to uh, push on to get a title shot. Definitely. Cupcake, welcome back. <laughs> now, I'm going to be harsh on you, because I love you too much not to be. Four years coming back into the UFC is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Got no without a doubt. No one's, no one can say that that is not impressive. Coming back to, to get a win like that now, people are gonna, people are already gonna say your opponent was forty odd. Your opponent was was out. This was just a comeback far. And to me, this is all. This is all it was. This was basically Dominic Cruz coming back to fight in that that guy we fought. This was just a warm-up fight. I'm going to sound a bit like a dick here, but for me to be impressed, I want to see a fight, someone in the top five, a legitimate one. Because we, we, no disrespect to... Um, Marion. Uh, Marion. She she was on her way out. She, she She's known it for a good year. She's said it herself too many times. Like Dana says, once you start mentioning retirement, you're probably best off just doing it. She didn't seem to be, she didn't seem to want to be in there. She just seemed to like, this is my last fight, my last payday. Don't matter what happens, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to get my gloves up anyway. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of attitude I got from her because she didn't really seem to be wanting to fight that much. She wasn't, that, that fire wasn't there. You can just tell if you want to, when you want to, when when you're a fighter and you want to be in there and you, you want something so bad, you can just tell how people are fighting, how they are. And it's it were hard for me to look at her and, and think she wants this win. She wants to go out on a win. To me, she just wanted to go out. Mm-hmm. Don't matter how, just just get out the game. She's had enough of it. She's done. She's agreed with it. Fair enough to her. Well done. That's one for uh, for what she has done in the sport, for how long she's been uh, in the UFC. But for me to come back and be on form like that, a wrestling was was phenomenal, like it always has been. A striking has got better, definitely better. But it's all right me seeing this now against a person. Like I said, people are going to say your opponent's 40-odd, she was on her way out. So it's easy for me to say you've definitely got better when head movement was a problem. You she got you got hit a couple of times and you didn't move right away. Now again, it's four years out, he's gonna do that to people. You you're gonna you're gonna take off little bits. Overall, it were a fantastic performance. But now I'd like to see Cupcake actually versus, yeah, versus yeah. someone who I know that she can I know that she can test herself but I knew she was going to win this fight simple as that like she doesn't matter how long she was going to be out she's just her name is Misha Tate she holds history in that bantamweight division in the UFC 
She holds history with the names of Amanda Nunes, your um, your Ronda Rouseys, your Holly Holmes. She's there. She's literally, in my opinion, one of your four horse women. She's literally your four big names. She's one of them in in them ways. Taking away Rose and Whaley Zhang and stuff like that. Just just focus on the bantamweight upwards. They're your four biggest names. And one of them hasn't been in the UFC for four years. Michi Tate, still the biggest name. Ronda Rousey, never coming back to the UFC. In WWE, <laughs> still the biggest women's name in mixed martial arts. And she doesn't even do mixed martial arts. She's fully retired. Ollie Holm, they're probably the third biggest name. Dropping off a bit. You've only got Amanda Nunes left. If Cupcake can do what she's what she did tonight and keep that ball rolling after four years, because a lot of people have got to remember that's four years of her training, letting her body recover, mm-hmm. not taking punishment to the head, so her brain's all her brain's all there. She's not not thinking clearly, so she has got potential to come back and and challenge Amanda Nunes. But then you you've got to look at it realistically. Amanda Nunes is an absolute. Based. It's hard for the UFC to sell her now. It's hard for the UFC to even promote her because she's that good. She beats everyone how she wants to beat them. She wants to submit this. You're going to submit her. She wants to knock you out. She's going to knock you out. So it's, it's a, there's a reason why she's going to be the core main event when Nick and when Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler fights because it's so hard for the UFC to go. Yeah, tell you what, we'll put you in the main event. But shit, then how are we going to sell this? Because no one's going to want to watch it, especially in England. And it was funny actually. I actually bring up the guy I was speaking to. There's a there's a, a group on Facebook that I follow. It's called UFC fans UK and Ireland. There's nineteen thousand people in there. You bunch of fucking casuals. There were me and one guy called Nick. Literally, I promise you now. There were me and one guy called Nick. And the only reason I saw his comment is because he put on. Fuck me, it's quite tonight. Where are all the fucking casuals? And I liked it, and I commented that, oh, it's because McGregor's not fighting tonight, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And we're literally from, I think it was like the third or fourth, third or fourth fight in, me and him were just having a conversation on that Facebook page. And it was like, you're taking the piss. You bunch of, there were 90,000 people who were up. So that's basically my point. It's going to be hard for the UFC to get them 90,000 people off their horses to fight, to watch, basically, Amanda Nunes beat someone when they can just... Wake up the next day, go right Facebook, two minute clip, oh, she won again. Yeah. Oh, no surprise there. So it's good to have people like Cupcake back in the mix, doing what she's doing, and hopefully she can keep that go, she can keep that ball ball going. Yeah. I'd love to see her back at the top, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, um, totally agree. I think uh, it, it's good that she's back. I mean, the fact that it took her so long to become UFC champion, uh, and and for her to be back, yeah, it's it's, it's cool. Um, but let's get into this main event. The the uh, the person looking to take up the mantle of uh, of teammate and uh, one of his best friends, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, Islam Makachev, the essentially the the lightweight boogeyman because nobody wanted to fight him at all. Um, props to Tiago Moises for for stepping up uh, to take on the challenge. 
And you know what? He actually put in a really good performance. Uh, lasted way longer in this fight than I than I thought he would. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Makachev did pick up the the submission victory. Uh, first round was um, it was a, a lot of actually on the feet, which I'm actually surprised with because obviously we know that Makachev is part of that American top team, part of that uh, Eagles Fight Club where it's very much ground based wrestling sambo style. Um, he doesn't actually score the first takedown until like, there's about a minute to go. Uh, and that's when he picks up uh, Moses and, and essentially slams him. Um, but uh, in the in the four minutes build-up to that, it was actually, uh, Makachev was landing some really good shots, really kind of technically skilled with his, with his hands, um, kind of matching uh, Moises shot for shot. Uh, second round, we had to see Moises go for the takedown. Uh, he, he lifts up Makachev, drops him to the canvas, and then uh, Makachev, being that wily wrestler that he is, uh, near enough a... Uh, grabs the neck and, and tries to go for the guillotine. Um, but again, it was a, another a round where um, Makachev gets the takedown late, late in the round, um, was able to get that body lock, but was not enough time to really kind of work and, and get the uh, submission. But what he did do really well was break down uh, Tiago Moises. Um, he knew that he could match him on the feet, but when it comes to the ground, that's where he uh, that's where he knew he, he, his uh, his skill was so much better than Tiago Moises. So he had no kind of he didn't have to rush. He didn't have to kind of like um, uh, go for the uh, go for a submission. What wasn't there, he knew he had the the time and the uh, the patience to to make sure that the uh, the submission was was there and and was easy for him to get. Uh, didn't have to really kind of like uh, stretch himself and put himself in in too much risk, and that that ended up coming in the fourth round uh, when uh, um, Moises tried to scramble from a takedown, uh, but Makachev uh, was able to uh, get straight back on top, uh, turned and got the choking, uh, was able to roll Moises over and got the got the tap. Uh, a great performance by Moises. I've got to give him props. He uh, it it takes a real brave person to take on this Islam Makachev. Uh, I, I personally think we've got an, a, a dangerous contender in this lightweight uh, division. Uh, but yeah, Makachev picks up uh, uh, his ninth victory in the UFC. You definitely right when you say you've got a dangerous contender on our hands. This guy is... Now that I said before I get on to him, like just, I've just said, uh, obviously... Um, Tiago Moises. Tiago Moises. <laughs> he, oh, fuck, I won't remember any of these names by the today. Tiago Moises, 26-year-old, comes into fight. He's like Makachev, no one wants to fight. Props to him, he's an absolute beast. There were some points in that fight, I thought, shit, he's got, he's got his um, he's got his um, number here. He's mm-hmm. that good that he, he basically proved me. He's just said, Carl, oh, shut the fuck up and sit down. You've got nothing. It's the, pa- <laughs> it's the patience of within law. He doesn't rush. He's he, so calm. Yeah, that's, he, the, that's it. He's so calm. That's the good thing about him. The guy's 29. He's been with Khabib his full life. Ever since school, he started at the age of 15. Khabib's dad trained them both. Mm-hmm. They, they literally have brought up that family. and then Well, they live like, literally around the corner from each other. Exactly. They were both, they were literally both brought up in, um, in Dagestan. Mm-hmm. That's their home country. But like... They, 
Mag's already just explained the how the fight happened, so there's no point in going more into that. What I can go into though is coach Javier. He is one of the best coaches about in mixed martial arts. Him, uh, aka, is just phenomenal. Yeah, I said the American top thing. I am aka. That's my my bad. Yeah, aka. Yeah, American Kickboxing Academy. Mm-hmm. That is him, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is, yeah. American Kickboxing Academy. With him, he, he knows that Khabib, Islam, Uzmir, Uzman, he knows that all these lot can stand up. But then what's the point when they've got father's plan? What they've been training on their yeah. whole life? Yeah. What Khabib, uh, what Khabib has basically built a legacy off and what Islam can do, and we've seen it time and time again, Islam can do it better than Khabib. He can do it in a mixed martial arts format, way better than Khabib. His performance tonight looks a bit off, but I agree with someone who... Nick, Nick, all the casual people, <laughs> the casual page who no one joined in. Nick, I was speaking to him, and uh, Shouts out, I don't know his last name, but Nick, this one's for you, I'll put it out there. Like uh, he said, he said, is he trying to make himself look a, look shitter than, than he is or something? Or is he, is he just trying to get people to fight him in the top ten? Because he, he did, his performance didn't look like it was as sharp as it usually I is. Mean, that, that actually would make sense. If you're struggling to get someone to fight you, would you put in a, a, a weaker performance hoping to attract another fighter? Well, you could do that because it, it makes sense and it is clever because mm-hmm. like Daniel Cormier said, this kid is 29 year old, but he is not at 100% yet. And people don't want to fight him. So when do you want to fight him? At 100%? So... Well, he, he, he went all the way through 2020 with no fight because nobody wanted to fight him. He's a um, scary dude. Before this fight, he fought Drew Dober uh, and he got the, the arm triangle sub uh, in that fight. But yeah, before... The fight before that was September 2019. Nobody wants to find. He's, he's literally, you think Tony Ferguson is, is the El Kikui, is the boogeyman. He's not. This guy is the boogeyman. People are terrified of, of finding. People don't pick up the phone if they think they're going to be uh, in a fight with Makachev. And a poor performance might get, might get someone like Tony Ferguson thinking, yeah, do you know what? I'll take this fight. Uh, and then that's when uh, Makachev puts in the performance of his lifetime and destroys someone. Well, that's it as well. Because people have got to remember, it's not like the guy is worried about money or training or all like that. He's, he's literally got family around him who's minted. He doesn't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. He, he He's literally training to come and take that belt off Oliveira. There is no doubt about it. You will see. Within the next 1.5 to 2 years, I, I will put money on it. He will be fighting for that belt, even if it's not. Even if it's just because no one wants to fight him, and they've run out of people that Oliveira can beat. But he will fight for that belt one way or another. He's too. He's just too good. He's striking. He's 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 up there with, with some of them. I wouldn't say he's the best, but he's striking. He's getting there. He's grappling. Well, what you can't complain about. Your you can't say anything. Arguably one of the best in the world. I literally, he's far from Khabib. He's the the best sambo wrestler mm-hmm. to do it in mixed martial arts. Behind Khabib, he's got the potential to take all the Khabibs. A lot of people, I'd say, arguably, maybe better than Khabib because he's this is a 
he was four-time Russian national champion in Sambo, uh, multiple-time world champion, gold medalist mm. in uh, the 2016 Sambo Championships. This guy is scary good on this, the ground. Yeah, this guy is serious. And what a lot of people are obviously debating on when he goes back to the goal status of how can Khabib be goal? He's only been like three decent people when you've got like John Bones Jones and stuff like that beating people like the Ottomachida, Shogun, Rashad, Gustafsson twice, DZ twice, which is fair enough. But this guy could actually go on to beat all these people in the top mm-hmm. ten, pick up that belt and, and keep it for a fair bit. He could literally be that that Degestani in goal that everyone's saying Khabib now he's not just because of who he's faced. He could sort of rewrite that history to go, oh, well, no, we're still the best. It's just Khabib started it a little bit later than me. Khabib helped me start it when I was at this age. And it works out perfectly for him. Now, obviously, like we said, I think it doesn't work out perfectly. Obviously, they haven't got father's plan. They haven't got father there anymore. But then they have got Khabib, that's the good thing. They've still got that eagle in the corner. Even though they haven't got father, they've got a father figure. They've got, they've got yeah, and they've still got Umar still there and Abdul is still there. So yeah. they've still got that uh, Nurmagomedov uh, uh, base to work with. Definitely. And that's all he needs to go off. He just needs to think into his head. What do I need to do? What do I need to get better? What do I need to get to that next step? And for me to say to him, what you need to do is... I don't have a clue because he's just... He just needs fast. He needs fast to climb the Literally, that's all he needs to do. He needs fast. I don't know how many times that's... His striking's on point. His grappling's amazing. No one wants to fight him. And apart from his opponent tonight, who's 26, by the way, so that's a learning experience for him. I mean, to to put it in context, Islam was coming to this fight ranked now. To get a fight, he had to take somebody who was outside the top 15. And that's bad. And then you're looking at uh, Dos Anjos, not got a fight booked. Ferguson, not got a fight booked. We've obviously seen Connor and Poirier recently, but Michael Chandler, no fight booked. Uh, uh, Benil Darius, no fight booked. Justin Gaethje, no fight booked. Um, all them free to fight uh, a, a top tenner, yet nobody's picked up the phone. Tiago Moises picked up the phone. Well, that's it. I was thinking it was. So whilst I was waiting for this fight, I looked at it just to send it up. And obviously, you know why Conor and Dusty won that mix totally sense. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, these are all these other people. And like someone said on Facebook or Twitter, I can't remember which it won, but they were saying, oh, but there's rumours going about that they could be Yeti versus Chandler. Rumours aren't happening yet. So why has no one accepted to, to fight this fight? They, Islam's right there, right now. Yeah. You've got all these other guys who are killers, who are killers, physically killers, but yet they, they won't want to fight him. I mean, there's, there's three people in the top five that have got um, got win streaks of three and above fights. He could have easily took one of those people on, but nobody's, nobody's picked up the phone to him. It's as simple as that. And that's a shame, really, because... This guy could be the world champion now if he'd have been able to have the fights, but unfortunately, well, that's it. Well, you either fight him now or you fight him when he's beat all these other people and he's got a title shot because no one will, will want to fight him, mm-hmm. and then you've got no choice to fight him when he's got the belt. And you're like, shit, well, I didn't want to fight him before, and well, now he's got the belt, I've got no choice, but I really don't want to fight him. So, either way, you 
you train your arms and you, you need to fight Islam at some point. <laughs> Simple. Um, so next week we have got uh, another fight now. This time it's uh, Corey Sandergan taking on Snakey McGee. TJ Dillashaw uh, in the bantamweight is a very kind of a light-weighted uh, uh, card. It's uh, we've got a co-main event in the women's bantamweight: Aspen Lab versus Mercy Kazan, uh, Kyla Phillips against uh, Rallyan Pava, uh, Darren Elkins and Derek uh, Minna, and Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick. So tune in next week to Five Rounds to hear me and Carlos break that down. Uh, but uh, thank you everybody who's. Uh, who's watched along. Thank you, everybody who joined in uh, from uh, Twitter, from uh, Facebook, from YouTube, and from Twitch. Uh, go and follow uh, Radio Techers and go and check out the amazing content there, including a video by uh, Carlos here who uh, did a, a breakdown of weight cutting uh, and its uh, scientific benefits in, in uh, MMA. Uh, look out for that on uh Five rounds after the bell, there'll be plenty of uh, content like that coming from Carlos uh, in the coming weeks, so I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, go and follow the networks, Techers, uh, Visioners, Gold Media, and Chair Shop. Follow me on Twitter at PowerFiberMags. Follow Carlos here at KurtBate underscore Carlos. And follow Five Rounds on all social medias. If it's on Twitter, it'll probably be me. If it's everywhere else, it's definitely going to be Carlos. Uh, but, yeah, thank you all for uh, listening and watching along. And that is the end. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.